Corey, are you ready to chit-chat with a special surprise guest? Oh, yes, I am. I cannot wait to get sickening. And I cannot wait to talk about my, my new album. The Canada's Drag Race Judging Shake-Up. Ooh, and Free Britney, baby, and so much more. Enjoy the show. Hey, Brooke, how famous are you feeling this week? Oh, God, I feel like a good solid 5.5. I'm definitely a 5.4. Enjoy the show. Forever. And I'm Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> and we want to know what? who has identity crisis this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Famous This Week, a podcast where two of your favorite drag queens from the television break down the top most famous moments in pop culture <gasps> this week. Now, Brooke, before we dive into this week's fame whores, I want to give you the floor to chat. As we know, this past week is July 4th in America, and Canada was July 1st, to which the internet went crazy when you said you aren't celebrating Canada Day. Neither was I, because why the hell am I going to celebrate Canada Day? Let's dive into that. We are celebrities, so we have to comment on our Instagram scandals. Now, for those of you who are wondering why we didn't celebrate Canada Day, is because Canada was hiding dead bodies. Hiding of children. Of children. And it yeah. was shocking. And it's, it's still shocking. Shocking. Um, yeah, there's uh, – so basically residential schools um, were set up all across Canada. Um, and basically the government took Indigenous children from their families and brought them to these schools. And a lot of them never came home. And no one ever knew what happened to them or why. And I think – I don't even know when. I think it was a couple months ago they found – 200 how i i I don't even know the exact number of bodies but they found at a at a school in bc they found i think 250 bodies of children buried on the premises and then in another school they found another huge amount of bodies and i think we're at like 1500 children's bodies that were found in unmarked graves and there is like again i don't know how many schools there were. There's, I think, like 750 schools that have still not been searched. So this is literally the tip of the iceberg. So, yeah, no, I didn't celebrate Canada Day this year. And I don't plan on celebrating Canada Day until this has been resolved and reparations have been made. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we often, I mean, people to the outer, to the outer, to the outside, Canada yeah. does, it is an amazing place to live, and there's a lot of opportunity here. And absolutely, and there's, there's like there's really great pockets, but like when you find out that they've been killing Indigenous children in mass, con- like and just hiding it, like they're they're you can't get away with that. That's disgusting. That's so gross. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible, and it's disgusting. It's Dare I say genocide? It's a, yeah, it's genocide. 
I feel like it is. And it's, yeah, I, um, and sorry, I, I, I feel bad that I don't know the exact number, but I know it was a lot just because I, we just got the, we were filming this podcast on a different day and we literally just got the outline and I would have done a little bit more research (laughs) to have the exact number of everything had I, had I known, but I literally am looking at this for the first time right now. And yeah, so that's why I didn't celebrate Canada Day and I'm not ashamed about it. And to all the stupid white people um, who were in my inbox saying, fuck you, you don't even live in Canada, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck off like this this is not about you this is about um doing right by our indigenous first nations people exactly land we are currently living on that was stolen from them so suck a dick suck a dick it doesn't matter where you live or where you're from you should still care about these things absolutely i mean it's yeah it's it's just ridiculous and it's horror it's horrifying horrifying it's scary imagine it's really scary uh, imagine if this had happened to white people imagine if you if some if the government came and took your children to a school from you and then you never fucking saw them again like of like i just imagine the outcry and the outrage and that's literally what happened like so many children just did not return home to their families and that's with fun. no explanation no idea where they were just disappeared it's fucked it's absolutely Fucked. Fucked. And that's why Brooklyn and I didn't celebrate Canada. And also we said no fireworks. People were still setting off fireworks. Like I know. This just when you think just when you think this world is about to be a happy place, another fucked up thing comes to light. But you know what? I'm happy they're coming to light because we need to we need to give people, you know, we need to point our fingers and say, You gotta own up to what you did, Canada. Oh you gotta own up to it. Own it. Own it. And yes, Canada, like Pre said, Canada is in a lot of ways a great place to live. Um, and we have free healthcare, which is nice, and lots of other nice things. But there's a lot, I think a lot of the times that is used as a mask for all of the other fucked up shit that happens up here. That also, like, every country has its fucked up shit. Yeah. But uh, Canada is no exception. So I know everyone's exactly. like, oh, Canada, happy, wonderful, nothing's ever wrong there. Incorrect incorrect that is a uh, from us honey but now it's time to switch gears and meet our fame whores of the week and yes! we are going to be talking about the highs and lows that we've searched the internet for and it's the top moments of pop culture this week and now brooklyn you're a fame whore this week again because canada's drag race just announced a brand new judging panel Yes, and can I just say I love how this podcast is slowly turning into not what's famous this week, but just what's famous between us this week. <laughs> us. Yeah, look, I look at the outline, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm famous this week. I so guess I'm famous the judging again. panel for season two of Candace Draggers was announced, mm-hmm. joining season one mm-hmm. alumni and Queen of the Newell of the Brooklyn Heights in the hunt for Canada's next drag superstar are three homegrown icons. We got Amanda Bruegel, who's from Handmaid's Tale. We got celebrity stylist Brad Goreski and Etox senior correspondent. And and season one's squirrel friend, Tracy Malshore. So this is shocking to me because I had no clue that this was happening. Shocking. I know. I think a lot of people were gooped, gagged, gobsmacked even. Um, yeah, it was – I obviously did know this was happening. Um, and yeah, it was uh, It was shocking when I found out Stacy was not returning, I mean, I had found out that Jeffrey was not returning a while ago and yeah. that announcement had been made. He told us in his backyard. 
Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. But um, and then, but Stacy was just kind of blindsided me, and I was just not mentally prepared for it, and I was extremely upset because everyone knows how I feel about Stacy McKenzie. You love you everyone. Love the diva. I love the diva, and everyone loves the diva, and it was heartbreaking for me. And I was like, well, fuck, like, what am like, what's like, it's gonna be a whole new crop of people. Like, what's gonna happen? And then. I was told the new panel and then I, I was like, okay, okay, I could do this. And this is going to be amazing. And I think it's going to be incredible. Honestly, like, I think so too. I, I've hung out with Brad a couple times in LA. I know Tracy, I know Amanda and I love them both so much. And they're just both wonderful, easygoing, fun, loving people. And I just think, we are going to make some really fantastic television together. And I'm very, yeah. very excited. I really feel like this shakeup is going to make season two feel like a season one in the sense of like, it's going to feel so brand new. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I think it's going to be so brand new. It's going to be so fresh and great. And yeah. And I, I just, I love all these people. And even just after hanging out with Brad a couple of times who I know kind of, I would say the least out of the, out of all of them. Cause I, the, I worked with the other two on season one. Um, it was, th- there was just this ease. Like, you know, when mm. like you, you just feel like you've known someone for a while after just a couple interactions. Yeah. It was, like, it was like, like you and Stacy when you first met. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There was just this connection and ease and he's just absolutely lovely and has so f- fucking funny. And yeah, I'm just really, ex- I'm really, really excited for it. Um, it's, bitter- it's bittersweet, of course, but at the end of the day, um, the show uh, the must sh- go on. The show must go on is the thing. I, I think it's going to be great. And I think the vibe is going to be really fun and really silly and just great. And they're also all very talented people in their fields. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. I mean, Amanda judged in season one and Tracy mm-hmm. judged the finale of season one as well. So I'm very familiar with those two. Brad, I'm excited. I've never met him before. I think that he's going to be like a good time. I could tell. And he's hot. Yeah, he's very, he's very, very cute. I just like stare at him and he really smells good. He smells like clovers and cinnamon. He smells like clovers. I think he smells like smoke and tobacco. No, that that's such a Brooklyn smell. Get out of here. No, but like in like a Tom Ford kind of way. Oh, I see. What like you a mean. sexy, a sexy smoke and tobacco. I see what you mean, vibes. You see what I mean? Yeah, but it's well, gonna congrats, be Well, congrats. Like, so does this mean that there's going to be like a host? Or do we have to kind of just like tune in to find I out? I don't like, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Because I'm, I'm curious. Like it does feel like, as I said, like like such a shakeup. So I'm mm-hmm. like, does this mean that? I don't like, know. Uh, I don't know what it. I I don't know. Well, I I do know what it means, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> you're gonna have, you're gonna have to find out and see. I just think it's gonna be. I'm just really excited and um, like, I think it's just going to be great. I really do. That's all I can really say it about it at this point. <laughs> I boot it. I boot it. But moving it. on to other super famous things. Uh-huh. Priyanka, you are also super duper famous this week because you just dropped your album cover with the track list. It's called I know, Taste I've been, Test. Oh, it looks so good. Test. I'm so excited about this. I love music so much. Like I grew up, my dad was a DJ. And all my brothers are DJs. And my grandparents sung in like Hindu temples. Like music is something that I'm just obsessed with and I've always been around. And now, as a Toronto girl, you recognize where I shot the album cover, don't you? 
I do. I was like, <laughs> I know that bathroom stall. I've done things in there. <laughs> so I shot the album cover at Cruising Tangos because, you know, the album is very much so about heartbreak and boys because I'm so boy crazy. Of as you, as you, Surprise. 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 Pre-leg stick. <laughs> surprise, not surprise. Um, but I remember when I first started drag, I was dating this guy and at performed on stage and he came to watch me specifically and... I looked to the left and he was making it with somebody else <gasps> in front of me. And it was heartbreaking. Like, and it you was, thought I, you would never recover and you would I, never get over it. You were so done. Curtains. I was, life was, on, it was shocking. It's honestly the worst <laughs> thing ever where like you're there turning it and you're the only bitch. You're the only bitch. Uh-huh. And you look over and you're like, oh shit. Isn't it so? Sweating. Isn't it so funny though to look back at things like that? Like in the moment, your life was over, and it was oh, in the moment over, it was like done. Ugh. You were never going to recover, and then you no. like two years later, however long later, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> like what the hell? Like, I don't even know. I don't even remember who. who was and you don't even like remember that. their. And you don't. Even, you probably don't no. even remember his fucking name. No, I don't at all. But I, I wanted to capture that exact feeling, and mm. it's going to be sick. So it's an EP. It's five songs. I have songs with Miss Lemon and Cheryl Hole. It's, it's weird though. I don't. I don't. I don't see my name anywhere. Oh, on you're on that's, the on the bonus track. That's so weird because I I'm pretty sure I had you on my single, but there's not. Okay, you're on the bonus. You're on oh, the bonus. am I? What, what what's yeah. what's the bo- when, when are we recording that? Uh, it's recorded. So. so are you are you are you saying that you don't think I have enough musical talent to be on your album? Um, I can't. I think the is connection that, is that is that what you're saying? That you don't think, believe you don't believe in my music career, and you don't want to have me on. Is that? Hey, uh, Brooklyn, my setting. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't blame you. Um, but you look gorge, and I'm very Thank excited you. for this. And what is? I have a question. What does EP stand for? I don't know. Joseph, do you but know EP? EP is a short album, and LP is a full length album. Okay, so it's like a mini yeah, album. Yeah, EP stands for extended play. So it's basically like more than one song in extended play. Okay. Oh, pardon uh, us, but five songs, a visual album. Every song is going to have a video. Mm-hmm. Um, I dropped my, my video for Bitch, I'm Busy very soon. And it's just like, I'm just trying to do... Me, me, music is such a thing that a lot of Drag Race girls turn to because it's like, what's next? We're not on Drag Race, so let me drop an album. But I'm, I'm trying to just like ele- elevate the drag music game and like have great pop songs to tour. And I, I, on Monday, I'm so excited because I get to perform two of the songs live. Like it's going to be wild doing my own songs. Where are you performing? At Stacked Market, where you're performing. Oh yeah, you're you're. Oh, that's right. I might come see you. Oh my god, come! You have Sh- fun. Should I come see you? Yeah, I can throw like I can me. I can just be like boo. Get yeah. off the stage. I'll Speaking never forget of... one time before mm-hmm. Brooklyn was, I think you just wrapped a season 11, but you were in Toronto quite a bit for all your viewing parties. And, and, and I thank you for always putting my name forward to perform with you. And I will never forget you were sauntering around the bar as you do, you know, sauntering. Like, Let me. sauntering, you were in an orange coat and I was up there doing whatever song and you tipped me a $10 bill and you just kind of like slid it on stage very slowly and I took it from you, and I was like, "You're a millionaire. You take me ten dollars, and you're like, gotta go. Just wasted. Like just wasted. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. That's like that's like when you give a homeless person money, and they're like, "This is it. 
<laughs> and you're I'm like the homeless person of drag. You're the I'm homeless person of drag, and I gave you ten dollars, and you're like, oh, that's all I get. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're not Tainomi, so yeah. That's, oh my god, I tipped Tainomi twenties before. I tipped you twenty, but you like you didn't an American girl grab where like you're used to one, so you don't like not every tip is like a thing. Yeah. But I remember tipping you the twenty and kind of like and like went into some sort of Brooklyn move, and I was like, she didn't even know what I gave her. Oh, I saw it. I never miss a 20. I can spot a 20 a mile away. I can spot an American 20 a mile away. I know that that's an American same, 20. And that's the same color. Like all the money's the same color down there and I can spot it. I I, well, I know the difference between a 1, a 5 and a 20 and a 10. Don't don't you worry. I'm an icon. You're such an icon. You're a money you're, icon. I'm a money icon. Um but yeah, oh and another exciting thing that I just saw that was announced today, you're going to perform at my old home <gasps> bar. You're oh, gonna play right. Nashville. I'm you... so nervous. Now are you doing play Nashville and play Louisville? Or yeah. just Oh my god, you're gonna have so much fun. Play Nashville is the bomb.com. You're gonna have the best time. The girls are lovely, they are messy and a good time. And don't be Perfect. nervous, you'll have a great time. I can't wait. It's wild because I remember before Drag Race, like watching you perform there, like knowing that you like uprooted your life to like lit live and work at that bar. Mm-hmm. And now I'm booked there to do a performance. It's like, it's crazy. You paved the way. You paved the way. You paved the way. I know. I'm so excited. You're going to, you're just going to have a blast and they're just lovely people. And I'm so excited for you. I wish I was going to be there. That's going to be so fun. Now, what you have to do when you're in Nashville, do you like fried chicken? Yes, of course. Okay, your must the th- the one thing you must do is you must get Hattie B's hot chicken. Oh my god, sounds so good. I will remind you before you go, but it's like the best thing you'll ever have in your entire life. Oh, I'm so excited. I love chicken. I'm so excited. All the Nashville boys. Fuck. Fuck. Oh yeah. And there's a really good hot hot dog cart outside uh play Nashville. I love hot dogs, not the dicks, but uh, I'm pretty young and horny. I actually like love hot dogs. Yeah. And you know who else loves hot dogs, Pri? Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, Britney, baby. She is a fame whore this week. And now there's a an article that Ronan Farrow wrote. Yes. Now, have... Ronan Farrow mm-hmm. is an investigative journalist. Uh-huh. He broke the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Um, and he just wrote an article for the New Yorker all about Britney's conservatorship. And when we say article, we mean like an actual novel. The article covers everything from before the conservatorship to now, and it's very eye-opening. Dozens of sources reveal how Britney was stripped of her rights from the 10-minute hearing that approved the plan with no questions and a witness who now regrets it to a recent 911 call from Spears in which she reported conservator abuse. Now, here are the main points of the article. Britney Spears' social media posts are vetted by a team in weekly meetings. If they deem that she is telling too much about her life, they'll not post it. They also have been posting the same post from years ago to give up a vibe like she's not well. (gasps) (gasps) That's shocking. Not both of us. When Britney fans have tweeted, wrote articles, etc. about her conservatorship, her father has contacted them on the phone yelling and screaming to take it down or be sued. Jamie Spears would scream at Britney, calling her fat, a whore, a terrible mother, and would threaten to cut off her access to her kids if she disobeyed him. The whole 5150 hold and her holding her kids hostage was all a fabricated story to get her under conservatorship. This is awful. Oh my god. This is, this is actually heartbreaking. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I can't believe this is someone's life. Yeah. It's completely heartbreaking. Like, ugh. 
I just feel horrible. Like, this poor, poor person. I mean, we've said this so many times, but I just can't even imagine. Like, her. this has been her entire life. Her, She has been yeah. a fucking... People have been using her and making fun of her and egging her on and poking her and prodding her her entire life. And for the last, I don't, like, 13, 11, 12 years, whatever it's been, she has literally not been in control of anything and has been told what to do when to do it, and then been forced to work, basically, to keep all these people paid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's, she's, she's like a slave. She's a slave, yeah. And um, which is, yeah, I, I, I can't believe that this is happening, and I can't believe that, like, the public now knows, and there's still, like, the law is still not granting her freedom. I know, it's, I just can't, ugh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I feel horrible for her. The do you? question is, do you think she's going to be free? I literally was about to ask that. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that with all this, like, mainstream kind of, like, coverage of it, like, they're, they're going to have to let her out. Like, it's like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. I agree. I mean... Like, how, she... how will we ever be okay knowing that she's still in this? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it feels like we need this, this happy ending, and I hope that she gets it. I know. Like, it's... And just this... Like, it's just so fucked. Like, fucking Bill Cosby... Got yeah. released from jail this week, and then the judge denied her conservatorship removal. Like uh, that—that's what—that's the world we're living in currently. It's fucked. Free Britney, baby. Well, while Brooklyn and I hash out <laughs> our issues with each other, we're gonna take a really quick break and BRB with our famous throwback. love hopping into our time machine for our famous throwbacks where we try to connect the dots between a famous moment this week and something that we've witnessed in the past. So since we just talked about my first album, let's talk about the first albums we purchased. Do you remember? Uh, I think the first album I ever purchased was Weezer, the blue album. What's wrong with you, you white person? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell, Weezer? Weezer! Did you like? Do you like Weezer? I love Weezer. The, the Blue Album is a fucking fantastic album, and it defined it defined songs? my childhood. I will send you one sing of their me. songs. Sing well, me. Oh, sing, sing me one of the songs. Wake uh, me up. You look just like Wake Buddy Holly. Uh oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. I don't care about that. You're vibing. If you want. To destroy my sweater, whoa, 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 pull this thread as I walk away, as I walk away. Okay, <laughs> those, so I want... Those are two of their I songs. Wish this was, I wish this was a visual, because Brooklyn had her one finger up, and then she was like, really giving it to us, and then I she did a rock-on sign. Yeah, I was vibing. Sorry about it. So, don't, don't, don't be. The first album I ever purchased was like, Probably like Destiny's Child Survivor or something. Fag. No, Spice Girls. The Spice Girls album would be first. Like, I think that, like, when when the Spice Girls first hit, I still remember, like, mm-hmm. I was grounded or something. Like, hearing, like, listening to the Much Music commercials to, like, to see if they were going to play Wannabe. Mm-hmm. And oh, they, yeah. they would play it. And I would sneak downstairs, go watch it, and go back up to my room. Like, uh-huh. I would say the Spice Girls were, like, the first... 
group I fell in love with, and then it was F Club Seven, and then it was Backstreet Boys. I remember Nick Carter's nipple, and then <laughs> I remember vividly being in grade six and like at the height of Spice Girl mania, and I would go to the I would go to the the convenience store and I would buy the little sticks of gum and they had oh these, these God, spi- the spice girl gum and they all had a sticker of, of a spice girl inside them and you try to collect all of them yeah and, and remember the photos remember the photos mm-hmm, yep and, oh, and the chips ahoy oh chips, chips ahoy no, ch- ch- chimpa chupa 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 chupas oh yeah yeah chupa chupa oh my god those were so big back then oh my youth but yeah all of like I love the Spice Girls. Um, I love Destiny's Child. What was the first artist? Who was the first artist you ever truly fell in love with? I think it was Destiny's Child because I was. There was a phase where I'd call into the radio station every single day to try to win Destiny's Child tickets, and I'd won them. Mm-hmm. And then from that day on, like Kelly threw her rose at me. Beyonce told me she loved me. Did Lots she really? Person. I said I love you, and then she lipped, I love you. That was a that was a good Beyonce impression. I love right. you. I love you. That was why why did God make you so talented? <laughs> <laughs> um I, I would say that and then I was on a Destiny's Child like kick. I, I've seen Beyonce like twenty five times or some shit. Like I was a fan. I am a fan. Yeah. I'm gonna I don't know the first artist I ever fell in love with. I'm gonna say Beyonce too. Yeah. Probably. She was just she is everything. She is she is everything. What's your favorite album of all time, top to bottom? Oh um quite easily Madonna's Confessions on the Dance Floor. Oh fuck, that's a good album. Mine is um Christina Aguilera Stripped. Oh yeah, that's another very good one. Um but yeah, C- Confessions on a Dance Floor is a masterpiece start to finish. Every song is a bop. It's wonderful, it's fun, it's dancey, it's beautiful. I love it all. Oh yeah, and Madonna was in it was in the pocket, bitch. Like she knew what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. What's the first um, concert you ever went to? It was Destiny's Child. Um, Sugar Jones opened for them. Ooh, come on, Sugar Jones. Do you remember when days were like that? Uh, so uh. if you're not Canadian, they were they won Pop Stars Canada and they were so famous just in Canada. And <laughs> it, it was the best thing ever. Specifically um, in Canada. That's it. Specifically. Um, who else opened for them? Eve opened for them. Nelly opened for them. And they came out and opened with, with independent women. And I wore a FUBU shirt. And I remember spilling hot chocolate all over Not it. Not so FUBU. Yeah. Not it was FUBU. Like a, yeah, it was, like white and, it was like white with like black sleeves. And I spilled hot chocolate i got so excited my mom had to go to like sears or something to get the tickets because they had to go to the box office not a box office oh my god all this nostalgia i can't deal with it did you have invicta track pants on too to go with your fubu yes i did you know it what Uh, was your first concert (laughs) weezer (laughs) at the the molson amphitheater (laughs) actually that's not true oh that is my first secular concert. My first concert I ever went to was DC Talk. Now, growing up a good Christian boy, DC Talk was like a Christian metal rock band. <laughs> I... They were the shit. Stop. I had to say that. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph Shepard. He at Jars of Clay. You know, you know about Jars of Clay too, don't you? But DC Talk was like these three guys, and they <laughs> I'm Dead. Pri, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask all of our listeners to YouTube DC Talk, uh, especially their number one hit single, Jesus Freak. 
Hi. And I want you to just rock out for a second and have a good time. And you that's know, that's all. That's that's officially the first concert I ever went to. The first secular concert I ever went to was Weezer at the Molson Amphitheater, and it was lovely. I just have to say that, like you know, Brooklyn, like. <laughs> I, do, I, I wish I, people I, could I, see you right now because you look you look generally distressed and distraught. <laughs> I just think that like big fan, big fan, <laughs> and um, you know, I really thought that I wanted to know more about you, but I think I don't. I don't. You don't. I think that this getting to know you podcast between the singing me Weezer and the Christian rock and then you saying rock on and while you were singing Weezer you were doing like the rock sign like I think I'm gonna have nightmares and they were really hot too also would just like to say that um, they were very Nirvana-ish they thought I mean honestly like full T it sounds good like it sounds like good music I was expecting like Oh, Jesus, when I celebrate Christmas. No, they were, like, revolutionary because they were, like, the first, like, kind of rock grunge Christian band. There's money in gospel music. Maybe that's what I should do for my album, just sing about Jesus. Maybe. About how he touched you and where he touched you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, actually, in my my cake, my song Cake, I start with, oh, my God. That's the religious. That's true. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that's oh pre- my god! <laughs> that's that's Pre's new EP. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk to another lip sync assassin. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so we have chatted all about this week in pop culture and fame, and now it is time for our grab bag segment, where each week we will have a new segment based on our moods, vibes, and level of fame. So today we are talking about the one, the wow. the, the, the only, wow, Laganja Estranja's kick ass lip sync. Can we talk about it? Laganja, welcome to Famous this week. You're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. Bitch. I wondered why my hole had an extra whistle this week. <laughs> so last week, we congratulated Brooklyn on killing her lip sync against Raja O'Hara. And Amazing. this week, full you woman came... body. Full <laughs> woman body. This week, you came flying in from the rafters to land on a hole. And you literally murdered everybody. Like that's Everybody. What Girl. Like, everybody. Let me just say this. Understood the assignment. Absolutely. You uh, the assignment was was understood and completed to the fullest extent of the law, in my opinion. This is what I got to say yeah, about I this. Yeah, I turned an assassinator. Absolutely. You, you sure the fuck did. I am a so glad that I went the week before you and not the week after you, because I don't know how anybody is ever going to follow that at no. all. And B, you made me feel so old. Because I was like, how, how is she doing this with her body? I mean, it was just cannabis, Mama. How else? I told, I told Brew I was medicated. I mean, it was just insane. My favorite, my I think my favorite thing you did was when you 
you did, I don't even know what to call it. You did the kick up to your knees and then you did like yeah. the roll through. I've, I've never seen that one before and it was done flawlessly. Do you know what I'm talking about where you did like, you like. Absolutely. But I thought, I thought being the ballerina girl, you were going to tell me it was the tour jeté into the dip. I also love that. But, but the, the kick knee thing into the roll through just cause it was so fluid and like beautiful and like done perfectly that re- that really got me um yeah it was incredible. so my th- my thing is that like laganja like you've obviously filmed this a while ago like were you just sitting there just waiting for this to come out like did you know that you were going to be so famous once this dropped well, you know, I definitely hoped that I would be right. I mean, it was sort of like season six. I definitely planned my entrance. I definitely rehearsed my dance moves. You know, I come from a musical theater background where we rehearse for months and months before we give the show. So I'm definitely a believer in that. And I definitely hope that what I presented would, you know, make the splash that it did. So I'm very grateful that, you know, my five minutes of fame is launching me into the next uh next platform bitch you didn't make a splash that was a tsunami squirter like it was everywhere yeah it was it was just insane what i really like laganja too that i just noticed about you that there was this real ease to you which i mean i i i think you had a bit of a rough time on your season and you've said before that the reality tv gig was not really your thing but this time you could just see there was such an ease and a calmness and you were just having fun and you look so relaxed and it was so it was so nice to see you like that and you just really you just looked really comfortable in your own skin and i loved it well that's what happens when you don't take away the doll's medication you see so (laughs) i wish i'd been able to medicate with my cannabis my plant medicine you know, season six, but unfortunately I wasn't able to, and this time I was, and, you know, I really do give a lot of credit to the fact that I was, you know, hi mama, I was feeling like myself. And, and so I was able to go in there and do what I do best. You know, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times with the competition, it's about acting, it's about singing, it's about X, Y, and Z. And that's why I don't really have an interest in being a competitor because I know my strengths and my strengths are performing and lip syncing the house down. So I'm just so glad I got to show the world what it is that I do every single night. Cause trust and believe I've been doing all of those moves since season six and, and even before that. So, you yeah. know, I'm just really grateful. The younger generation is seeing what I have to offer. And I just can't wait to see what is out there next for me because, you know, so many people are like, Oh, does this mean all star seven? And I'm like, no bitch, you guys asked me to go back say my original phrase and turn it. And I did that. So I'm very much at peace with what I left on that stage. Yeah. And I'm very much excited to pursue another venture. You know, some girls stay RuPaul's Drag Race girls for the rest of their life. And others go on to find different franchises, different ventures like I have with Chopped 420. So, you know, I believe in, in forging my own way, but I am very grateful for the show for giving me one last opportunity to remind everybody that I am that woman. You are that woman, that the only woman. Um, I just want everyone to know that as soon as she finished saying that, her video just stopped. Like, yeah. she, like uh, that was a mic drop. <laughs> She's like, I am that woman. Goodbye. <laughs> no, I'm right here. Oh, Wait, you're really? back. Okay, good. Well, speaking of being that woman, you recently came out as trans. 
and iconic iconic and so amazing and we are looking at you right now rocking your Charlize Theron atomic blonde bob living it's real, yeah mama. Get into it the is realness. i love it i love it i that's one of my favorite haircuts of i i've ever seen on Charlize Theron and it looks fabulous on you and i i just want to congratulate you how how are you feeling how are you doing I must have been a huge weight on your shoulder to shoulder off your shoulders to come out and be done with it. Yeah. You know, I felt like for so many years, every night I was preaching to the audience to love themselves and to be true to themselves. And then, you know, I would go backstage and take off this womanhood that really made me feel like myself. And I think during Corona, I just finally realized that I couldn't lie to myself anymore And I couldn't deny the fact that this is who I am. This is who I've always been. And, you know, I think for so many trans women, they feel like they are women their whole life. And that really wasn't my trajectory. I really did feel like a man. I really did want to be a man. I tried being non-binary. I tried being, you know, a they, them, and someone who identified as both. But ultimately on my journey, I realized that that is just not my truth. And, you know, thanks to incredible women who have come before me and, you know, specifically my sister Gia Gunn, who I literally watched grow breasts on hormones in front of my very own eyes. Um, You know, I've been brave enough to say I'm willing to accept this truth of mine and I'm ready and I'm excited about it. And I'm going to come forward before I've even ever had a shot or electrolysis. And yes, you're going to see me looking hard here and there. But at the end of the day, being a woman isn't what it isn't really about what you look like because if it was, I would have stayed a drag queen. I would have stayed someone who just got up into glam. To me, being a woman is so much more than the exterior. And that's really what this journey is about for me. And, and I do, I just feel so free and so accepted by my community and just so grateful to, you know, be joining my brothers and sisters and everyone else in between. That's amazing. And it's going to be so exciting to watch you blossom and, kind of grow and change into this new creature. I mean, I that's always... Mama, once I get the shots, it's over for all It is over. I cannot wait when the, sh- when the shots and the knives and the needles start going. Ooh, girl. I- well, I, I will be honest. You know, I don't plan to go under many knives. I feel very beautiful as I am. Great. I don't feel that I need a lot of facial feminization surgery or need to get pumped or even to get implants. I grew up in the dance world where most ballerinas, most dancers, so much of this for me is not about the exterior because I learned a long time ago, glam is just that. It's just glam. It doesn't make the woman. The woman is really from the inside out. So I really want to try this to do this the natural way, you know? I love it. And that, I think that's amazing. And yeah, everyone's different. Some people want want to do the whole surgery thing and that's great. And then some people don't. Mm-hmm. So you just never really know. And it, you're absolutely right. It I doesn't think make... there's enough marijuana to make me pull this scalp back and pull the hairline and oh no, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know it's some of the, some of the surgeries I've seen some of them and it's insane. Um, but yeah, we're, I think we're just so happy for you and yeah, it's, and like seeing you on all stars this week, just doing what you do was like, it made me, I had chills, like absolute, just knowing like that you you've come out and you're so proud of who, who you are now and just seeing you completely not give a flying fuck on that stage. Like 
we, as performers, that's all we want. Like, we want to be so confident that we, we don't give a shit. And you were just up there, like, just twirling. Bitch, with the fire in your twirling. Eye. And, and Brooklyn and I talk a lot about that fire in your eye. And it yeah. was like, you were, it was inferno, bitch. It was like, wow. Wow, and wow, like, wow, wow, wow. And like you said, what what a perfect, perfect way for you to take your final bow on the on the drag race stage like that. You know, like that is that is a lipstick that will never, ever, ever be forgotten. And we'll I mean, easily... girl, how do you top that? Like I have to come in on an airplane and bungee jump. Like, girl, <laughs> not just I really, you. I just can't imagine trying to top that. I mean, I would love to come back as a choreographer and yeah. maybe even as a lip sync assassin, but I just feel like for me. That was a full circle moment, and I just am really proud of what I left on that stage. You should be. And I mean, not even how are you going to top that? How is anybody going to top Anyone. that? We're like, all doomed. We're, we're all, all doomed. Everybody is doomed now. I well, mean, that now is... you know the struggle of my life. Where the fuck are the tops? <laughs> Where are they? Doomed. Doomed. Um, but yeah, that was just fantastic. And I think it was the perfect way for you to end your drag race journey like that. I mean, go out on the highest of high notes, pun intended. Um <laughs> and yeah, so congratulations. Well, thank you, and thank you for celebrating and reminding me that I will only be famous this week. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, that's it. That's all you sorry. We're not gonna talk about you next week. Sorry, Lagandra. No. It's over now. It's done. It's done. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you and we're proud of you. And I cannot wait to finally meet you. Love you, ladies. I think my DUI stint is finally up. So hopefully I'll be making it up north real soon. Yes, you will. Yes. Oh, Canada. We love, love you, Love you, Laganja. Bye. Love you. Mwah. Mwah. Okay, so it's time to place our bets. What will people still be talking about next week? I think it's... Is it... Well... Here are our choices. Is it going to be Britney Spears? Lip Sync Assassins? Ooh. Canada's Drag Race? Uh-oh. Pre's new album? Uh. Um. Well, my album doesn't drop next week, so no one's talking about me. Canada's Drag Race doesn't air until we don't even know when, so no one's going to talk about that. Lip Sync Assassins? I don't, I don't know who the next li- li- Lip Sync Assassin is, so it could be that, but for sure we're going to be talking about Britney. Like, hello. Yeah, it's going to be Britney. It has to be Britney. It's always Britney. We've been talking about Britney since Britney was Britney. So she will always be famous this week and the next week and the week after and the week after. And and forevermore. Forevermore. And that's it for Famous This Week. I'm Brooklyn Heights. And I am Priyanka. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Famous This Week, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. To keep up with all the things we talk about on the pod, go follow Forever Dog Team and Mom Podcast on Instagram. And while you're at it, give us a follow if you haven't already, at B Heights and at the Queen Pre. We will see you next week for more pop culture moments and very famous things. Love ya, bitch. Bye. Forever. To listen to Famous This Week ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Famous This Week is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Brooklyn Heights and Priyanka. Produced by Joseph Shepard. Hey, Daddy. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Big Dipper, Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. <laughs>